There are three assistant principals at PHS, or at least as of September 26th, there are three again. For a few weeks after Cecilia Burge's appointment as the principal of Princeton High School, the assistant principal position that she had formerly held was vacant, and the search to find a new administrator for the school began. To find a perfect candidate, we didn't have to look very far. The school board ended up unanimously approving the transfer of former PHS mathematics teacher Lauren Friedman to the position. Friedman is a lifelong Princetonian. She went to Princeton High School herself, and she's been teaching here for 15 years. During that long tenure, she's done an incredible amount for the PHS community. From being a peer group teacher, field hockey coach, student class advisor, and corner house advisor, to serving as an instructional technology mentor, professional learning community leader, new teacher mentor, and more, she's dedicated much of her life to spreading her love for PHS and making the school feel like a welcoming and exciting place to learn. But while Ms. Friedman has been taking on leadership positions at the school for years, her new position allows her to tackle challenges facing the PHS community in new and more expansive ways, and to interact with much broader swaths of the student body. When I sat down with Ms. Friedman, I asked her what sort of vision she would bring to PHS as an administrator, and her answers are amazing. Over the course of this episode, I think you won't just get a better look at how Ms. Friedman will serve PHS as an assistant principal, but you'll also better understand how you can help to build a more kind and cohesive school community too. I'm Alexander Margulis, and you're listening to PHS Talks. Hi, Ms. Friedman. Congratulations on becoming an assistant principal at PHS. To start your conversation, I want to take a look at your history here at the school. First of all, you were a student here once, right? Uh, Class of 2024? Yeah, so actually, I went to Princeton High School. I was a freshman in 2000, and I graduated in 2004. I was really involved here at the high school. I um, played sports. I played field hockey and basketball and lacrosse. Um, I dabbled with rowing for a short time. I was very involved. I did stuff after school. I was a tag leader at Corner House. Yeah, so I, so I dated back to 2000. Wow, that sounds yeah. like a blast. How do you think the school has changed since then? The school has changed in many ways. Um, it's, it's crazy. It, when I was a student here, first of all, there were no cell phones. So I used to call collect in order to get picked up. We had the old school phone and I would call collect and say, hey mom, pick me up from field hockey practice. The way that we communicated, we passed notes to one another. Um, we didn't have, teachers didn't you know, post stuff on Canvas. It was all old, old school. We wrote in our notebooks. There were no photocopied notes for us. Uh, we didn't have study guides with answer keys posted online. That's how it was. Attendance was taken on bubble sheets. We didn't have graphing calculators. We had overhead projectors. So we didn't have a lot of the technology that we have now. There was no social media. And so there have been a lot of changes over the years. I mean, social media, cell phones, and technology, I guess, are, are the biggest fascinating yeah or was there a moment uh during your time here at phs where you realized you might want to go into education as a career or did that realization happen in college yes actually so i when i was a when i was how i don't know elementary school i always thought i wanted to be a teacher and then in middle school when i was in eighth grade i had i had a tough math teacher this person is retired and they were fabulous however many students struggled in the class 
And I was able to help some of my friends. I, I was someone who always had to work hard. I wasn't necessarily the strongest student, but I was a hard worker. And in math class, I was always able to help my friends. And they said, wow, if only our math teacher explained it that way. And somebody said, you should become a math teacher. So it was in eighth grade that I then decided, yes, what kind of teacher? I'm going to be a math teacher. And I was determined. And then I worked hard in high school. I went to college. I went to Villanova. And I decided going in freshman year, I want to be a math teacher. studied math and education. And right after my four years, I came back to PHS and was a math teacher. So you started in 2008. Did it feel weird being a teacher in the same classrooms that you were like learning in four four years ago? PHS has always felt like a home to me. And when I came back after college... I felt like I was returning home. It was very different. I didn't have my high school friends, and so I had to readjust and and figure out who I was and what my place was here at the building. But it was an easy transition because I'm so familiar with the school, and people were so kind and caring, and everybody was here to support me. They were excited to have me return, and it made the transition easier. That's so interesting. I I have one more contextualizing question to set the stage. So as well as being a math teacher, which obviously is amazing and just getting to work with students. I also read that you've been on like an insane number of committees, like district strategic planning, math program review, safety, SEL, intervention, referral service committees. What did those positions entail? And and what did they teach you about, you know, how you might eventually lead the school from an administrative standpoint? Right. The, first of all, the reason that I joined so many random committees is because I really care about Princeton High School. And I genuinely wanted, have always wanted to give back as much as I could. And part of being on the committees has taught me how to work with others in our district. And it helps me stay connected with different departments and you know, stay connected with people at Valley Road. And, and when we all come together at these committee meetings, we realize you know, how we're interconnected and how we can work together to best support the students in the district. So that's really, first of all, my initial reason for joining so many committees is to meet people, to network, and figure out how we can work together um, to support you know, the students in our school. What I've learned from these committees, I've learned lots of different things. For example, being on the master schedule committee, I've learned how complex it is behind the scenes. And sometimes when I was on the other end, I thought, wow, why don't we just do X, Y, and Z when we're making a schedule. It's so simple. Why didn't they think of this? When in reality, it's not. And so in learning about the intricacies of master schedule, for example, I can go back and deliver to the department and say, hey, you know, this is what I've learned. We need to work with people on the other end. And and knowing knowing what I know from being on the committee, you know, I would relay information to the math department and then the math department would have a better understanding of what was going on and then we could work together to come up with resolutions and, you know, help people. So committees have taught me what's going on on the opposite end and then I can relay information to my department, for example, and figure out resolutions to problems that we have. That's super cool. (laughs) This question's pretty simple, actually, Uh, but I'm, I'm a little confused about the, the different breakdown of administrative duties. Yeah. What does the assistant principal do? What responsibilities do they have at the school? That's a good question. So there are, I want to say, at least 100 big responsibilities that admin take on. And there are three assistant principals, and then obviously Ms. Burge is the principal. And with that huge list, they divide it between the three of us. 
And so, for example, I am someone who's in charge of the master schedule this year. So that's one of my big undertakings. Um, somebody else might be in charge of safety and security. We look at all of the needs and we figure out, you know, who might be the best fit to take on that responsibility. So there yeah. are a lot of tasks and we delegate, we figure out who might be the best fit and who feels most comfortable taking that on. And then that person takes it on. But of course, we work together as a team to help one another out when when needed. That's super cool. Yeah. And as someone who came into teaching because of how much they loved helping students yeah. and making this building thrive, how do you think being an assistant principal affects the way that you're able to interact with students or the scope on which you're able to interact with students? Oh, yeah, it's been great. I, so when I was a teacher in the classroom, um, by when, you know, two weeks ago, <laughs> I, I only worked with 120 students. And I miss having that really close relationship with students and having that daily check-in where I get to ask about life and, you know, activities after school. I miss that. But I now get to see, you know, over a thousand kids on a daily basis. I now am at the pack as people enter and I greet everybody. I get to walk through the halls because I don't have a set schedule. So in my, in between conferences, I walk through the halls, I say hi to people. I have tried to get to meet new students who I've never taught before in the cafeteria. I'll walk around and ask random people, you know, random students how their weekends were. And that's been a lot of fun. So I feel like I'm getting to connect with more students. That's super cool. Yeah. So well, I'm about to ask you a big question. Okay. So, so feel free to, to think about it for a second. But what would you say your vision for the school is as an assistant principal, which is to say, what do you want to change uh, as you look forward to to your administrative role? Yeah, that is a big one. That one's easy for me though. Um, when I say easy, being at school for me, one of the most important things is that everybody feels like they are meant to be here and that they have a place here in our building. And so I hope to find additional ways to help our students and staff feel even more connected to this community than they already do. I know this is a great place. We all love it here, but I wanna tap into other avenues to help our students and staff love it even more. And so I've already been thinking of some things that we could do and I hope to execute them this year. For example, one thing is um, to bring people together, coming up with something as simple as a sign up genius where we list all of the random after school events whether it be a sport event, debate event, robotics event, and people can sign up so that they see who's going to this event. Because sometimes people want to go to certain things, but if they don't know that anyone's going to be there, they don't show up. So that's one simple thing that I think will help build our community. That sounds like a fantastic yeah. idea. Yeah, so on that note about making uh, students and teachers feel more connected to yeah. the building. One of my favorite parts of the day is coming into the front of the building yeah. uh, and, and seeing you there with, with with the other staff members. What sort of vibe are you trying to give off? What's that part of your day like? I'm just curious yeah. from like, like on a personal level what, what that's like. Oh, that's actually, so the greeting is one of my favorite parts of my day. I, I love it. My goal is to be positive, happy, and upbeat because that's naturally who I am. And and hope that, that students feel that energy. Students and staff, there's both coming in the building. And so the other day I played music and I was kind of bopping around. If I see a student who doesn't look happy, I say, come on, smile, you're at school, we're gonna have a great day. Um, so I think happiness, like genuine pure happiness is contagious. And I hope that 
you know, mine comes across as genuine and that students feel it and that it carries with them throughout the day. That's my goal is make people happy as they walk through the front door. Kind of like a greeter at a store. I'm I'm also wondering, uh, in terms of community building, what does effective communication between PHS and its students or PHS and its parents, what does that look like? And how do you think the school is doing a good job or could move towards you know, communicating even more concretely. Right. Communication is very important. I think nowadays with email and these Sunday night announcements that Ms. Burge sends, I think that's one great way to communicate to relay important information. I think we can continue to have events where students and staff and families and people in the community can come in and we can have open discussions. So I think that's something that we can continue to work on. Also, just visibility, going around the building, talking to students, doing check-ins. So I think emails, that's an easy way. Communication, phone calls with parents when needed. Trying to have more assemblies where we invite people from outside the community to come in and just have open conversation and visibility and daily quick communication with people in the hallways. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I, shifting gears here just a yeah, little, okay. I'd love to look at just like a, a couple of, I don't want to say buzzwords, but a couple of, of points that I think are important for any school administration yeah. and just like your view on them and, and, yeah. and how you think PHS is doing. Uh, so I went to a middle school in Fayetteville, mm-hmm. Arkansas uh-huh. uh, that had a dude whose entire job description was like director of discipline, uh-huh. uh, quite a character. PHS seems less focused on on keeping students in line by threatening punishments like detention, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but discipline is still an important facet of any school administration. So my question is pretty general. What's the best practice when a student gets in trouble? Mm-hmm. And, and and is PHS more interested on hardline discipline or on uh, making sure that we know that maybe the thing causing the student to get in trouble mm-hmm. isn't necessarily that they're like a rule breaker by nature? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. So. In my short two weeks starting this position, I've noticed, I I think that the student handbook that the admin have created and implemented and have everybody sign at the start of the school year has been very helpful in figuring out, you know, what needs to happen when students choose to not follow the rules. And I have seen that admin have been executing and handing out you know detentions and ISS as needed you know as per the student handbook I think it's really important that that we do that so that people know that there are consequences if people choose to do x y or z now I know admin also believe in restorative practices right so if a student you know violates one of the handbook guidelines we look and see what the consequences, um, but we figure out a way to build in some restorative practices, like adding in counseling or seeing that student more frequently to talk through, you know, the reasons why they chose to do whatever they did, so that it doesn't happen again in the future. And I think they're doing a really good job of doing that, and in continuing just work on restorative practices is really important to prevent, you know, future disciplinary issues. Yeah, definitely. I guess on the note of school rules and regulations, yeah. uh, 
we can kind of broach the the polyester elephant in the room, which mm-hmm. is the lanyards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the lanyards. I got mine on. I, I'm wondering what you think it will take to make sure everyone is actively wearing lanyards uh, because cause some of the student body still seems resistant to it. And also why so many people are giving the school a hard time about what's like a pretty simple policy, right? Mm-hmm. That, that That's pretty clear cut and, and not a big inconvenience. Well, I think it's easier to answer B first. So the resistance, I think it's just something that we have never done before. So like anything, you know, just like riding a bike, if you hop on a bike and tell people to start riding and they've never, you know, been trained before, then they're not going to know how to ride a bike. It's the same thing with wearing these lanyards. For years, it's the year 2023, right? Nobody's been wearing lanyards. So if you all of a sudden say, everybody start wearing your lanyards, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, we, we are working on figuring out ways to make sure that people do wear their lanyards. And I think we just need to continually work on this. Like I'm standing at the pack door and students who don't have their lanyards on, we've been asking them to write their name on a sheet and I'm going to call home. And so that at least is step one, you know, making sure that students entering the building have their lanyards. Um, How do we make sure everybody wears them all the time? Well, if you can give me that answer, that would be great. (laughs) I, I, I don't know. That's something that we're working on. We're... We're, we've had committee meetings and we're trying to figure out what the best way is. It's Teachers already have a lot on their plate, so asking teachers to do these checks, that's hard. And, and is that fair to put it on teachers? Not necessarily. So if students have have any ideas, we're happy to listen and, and you know have some meetings to try to figure out a way to have everybody wear them all the time. Yeah. I, I really like, yeah, the idea about making sure teachers don't have too much on their plate. Yeah. I, I am wondering, uh, on, on a slightly different note, yeah. I know you've only been in a job for two weeks, but do you know <laughs> if it will eventually entail like teacher evaluations and that sort of thing? And, and also just how that will feel being a former teacher yourself? Yeah, no, well, that is part of the job, actually. That's a big part of the job, observations. And like my transition into being a student and then becoming a teacher at the high school, right, um, this is also a new transition for me. And there's going to be a learning curve. I, I do know a lot of the staff, but there are many staff who I don't know. And I'm going to have the opportunity to work with a lot of new people. And I think it will be great because I can learn from them and they're going to learn from me, hopefully, as new teachers. And um, I, think, I think it's going to be a great opportunity just to share ideas and bounce ideas off of, off of people, even, even colleagues who I already know. You know, I've never actually went in and had formal observations with current math teachers, for example, but having the opportunity to sit down with one of my colleagues and say, hey, what are you planning on doing? And talking through their lesson, um, like I might not have in the past, I think that will be fun. And we can together kind of collaborate and figure out potentially some new ideas and things that they can incorporate in their classes. So I'm not intimidated. I think it's it's going to be fun to be able to collaborate and work together to help teachers make their classrooms the best they can be for students. Yeah. Uh, what is the interplay between teachers and the more administrative side of the school? How are you planning on supporting teachers being, you know, a lifelong teacher yourself? Well, I was actually just at a meeting with some teachers because they had some concerns it's kind of open door policy where when somebody has a concern, then we are open to hearing their concerns. We schedule meetings and we listen and we work together to come up with resolutions. 
And so I think a big part of it is holding meetings whenever there's issues and working together to figure out what's in the best interest of the students first, but students and, the, and staff. It's a, an interesting time to be a teacher yeah. com- coming off of COVID. Yeah. I, I want to talk about COVID for a second, yeah. just because you have so much perspective on PHS. Yeah. You, you've been you've been a part of, of the school for so long. First off, uh, you, you organized a COVID community fundraiser for yeah, economically yeah. disadvantaged students. I just want to know the details on that. What did that look like? What was okay. it like? Yeah, so I actually worked on that with now Mrs. Martinez, but Ms. Ayad. And the two of us, during the time, we heard that there were a lot of students who were struggling to find food to bring home to their families. And we, like all the other teachers, care so much about our students. And it was really important to us that our students knew and know how much we care for them and would would do whatever was needed to support them. So at the time, we figured, hey, we, we hear that not all students are are picking up the food that the school's supplying for them or they're running out of food. So we reached out to staff and alum and we asked for donations and we went around town to also support local businesses and bought gift cards to different establishments. So it was kind of a multi-purpose initiative, I guess you could call it. We spent tons of money. We went and supported Nino at Pizza Star. We went to Hoagie Haven and... It was great because Nino was happy. He was getting some business, and he said, he said, thanks for coming in and getting these gift cards. You know, not a lot of people are coming in. So we supported local establishments. And then the kids on the other end were had the opportunity to go get a nice meal at a restaurant in town. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And then secondly, as someone who's spent, again, so much time yeah. uh, in and around PHS, are there any shifts in the student body or, or, or our attitude towards the school, which I know is something yeah. you care a lot about, before and after COVID? Overall, I'd say everything is the same. I did notice a, a different, even better spirit, in my opinion, when people came back from COVID because I think everybody recognized how important our relationships are. And I noticed that students in the classroom really appreciated being in the classroom and being with their peers and being with their teachers, people who care about them and learning. So I think the the time that we took a step back um, gave us the opportunity to really appreciate all that we have here when we came back together. And I think our community's gotten stronger because of it, actually. What does the moment we're in right now mean for how you approach the job of being an assistant principal? Which is to say, what issues or or moments in in PHS uh, do you think are important to respond to, like, as you approach a job that maybe you wouldn't have done in the same way uh, if you became an assistant principal a few years ago or on a different different time scale? So our number, our enrollment is rising um, dramatically. Like as you guys have noticed, there are buildings going up in town and our, we don't have space. And PHS, our student body is growing as well. We were at, when I was here, we as a student myself, there were about 1,200 students. Now there are close to 1,600 students. And I'm going to go back to master scheduling because you talk about administrative duties. Yeah. If you were sitting and trying to work on the schedule, it is nearly impossible to figure out a way to get all students in the courses that they want to be in, find classrooms for teachers to teach in, and so that's something that I'm working on as a new admin is 
it's a puzzle and trying to figure out how to how to how to solve that problem um so so that's something new i think enrollment numbers just keep rising and we're trying to figure out how to you know utilize the space that we have in the school um and support students in taking courses that they want to take because it's it's getting harder we're we're running out of space we don't have as many teachers to teach all the courses that we want to offer and so it's a it's a tough problem and that's something that I'm working on with the rest of the team. Yeah, it's definitely unique being the only public high school in the town of Princeton. And, and because we're, we're the only high school as well, we have uh, a bit of a closer affiliation with our Board of Education, yeah. maybe, than, than other students do. Like, I was talking to uh, someone after a, a Board of Education meeting, and they were saying, like, yeah, you know, in my my hometown, I was like, I went to board meetings and there were like 26 high schools yeah. they were covering. But PHS and the board, board is pretty close. So how do you think about uh, approaching the board and what does your communication or collaboration with the board look like? We work really closely with, with the board and I think that's really important. As you know, there are frequent board meetings and we attend a lot of the board meetings and we listen to the concerns that the community has. And it's important that when we're there, we listen and we bring those concerns back internally. And when we meet with our committees and our staff, that we talk about concerns. Our town and our school work so closely together. They're so interconnected. And so for that reason, I think even more so than a lot of, a lot of different schools that I've, that I've seen before, um, so for that reason, I think it's really important that both parties have equal input and say as to what happens, you know, within this building. And both, both parties have great ideas that, that are brought to the table. And again, like I said before, we need to work together to figure out how we can best serve our, our students and the, the surrounding community. Just so much of, of your life and your story revolves around education, both in you know you, your own your own education and going to college, and, and additionally helping structure that education for other people. I, I'm wondering what you think the purpose of an education is. Well, for me, education isn't just learning about an academic subject. To me, actually, education when you come into school is to learn how to work with others. Um, I always say to my students, like, health and happiness are most important, more so before we get into the academics. And teaching and learning and education for me is when students come into this building, we help them recognize who they are and how they want to navigate life and making sure that students find ways to live meaningful and happy lives. And a component of that is to teach them math or English or history or whatnot so that they can pursue careers, you know, that they're interested in. But it's ultimately helping people discover themselves and live the lives they imagine. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It, do you think there's a bright line that can be established between like a quote-unquote good education and a quote-unquote bad education? Like what makes your experience in high school a good one and an educational one, if we want to use that word. Okay, I think good education means that you're at a school where you have teachers 
who are experts in their subject area and they're people who are passionate about their subject areas and they are able to inspire and motivate their students. I think when you're at a school with teachers and staff who are like that, then you as a student get a good education. Yeah. And, and education is so complicated because mm. you, right, you become a teacher because you want to help you know, spur learning mm-hmm. and, and excitement. Uh, and it turns out to be a lot of paperwork, right? Mm-hmm. And, and stepping into this administrative world, I'm wondering just, just really why you've decided to, to burden so much, you know, work and hassle and, 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 and like controversy sometimes. This school district is a complicated place. And yeah, I wonder what that, that, that cost-benefit analysis is like for you. Well, I was ready for a change Um, I think one of the biggest reasons that I talked about before is to have the ability to interact with more students than before. Yes, there's a lot more on my plate now. Um, I love, I love this job. Um, I get, you're kind of a jack of all trades. You get to work in different ways. I feel like one minute I'm, I'm a counselor and then another minute I'm there supporting a teacher then the next minute on, you know, sitting with a committee trying to come up with new ideas as to how we can make our school a a better place. So yes, it's more work. It's so much fun. And I, I love it. I love being involved in so many different, you know, I'm, I'm involved in, in so much more than I was before. And I don't mind, I don't mind that I have more work. I don't mind that I'm spending more time, you know, doing paperwork after school hours because it's a really rewarding job and position. I'm really glad. And I'm, I, I, I imagine it can be stressful. And I'm glad that, yeah, our assistant principal or one, one of yeah. them, I'm sure all three, yeah, love, love what they do and, and yeah. get energy from that kind of whirlwind of, of responsibilities they have yeah. in the school. Sometimes students approach high school as a sort of transitory moment mm-hmm. in their lives like we're not little kids anymore but mm-hmm. we're still we're still kids uh, and, and many of us are between grade school and college or in a legal sense between childhood and adulthood and it can feel like high school is something we move through rather than something that like moves us mm-hmm. uh, but in your experience how can high school serve as you know a turning point in our lived experience why is it so important for for you know the 1600 some students who who are here i think it's a turning point because you know, this is a time when there are four years before students head off and decide what they want to do with the rest of their lives. And there are so many options. And within these four years, the teachers and staff are here to support students in trying to figure out what they want to do and what path they want to take. You know, from kindergarten through 12th grade, someone's holding your hand. And this handholding is, you know, we're about to release you into the world. And so it's important that we try to teach our students as much as we can about, you know, different subject areas and try to help them find their interests so that they can go into careers that, that make them happy, um, but also help students find activities and extracurriculars and things that they can get involved in math for high school that are going to help them live meaningful and happy lives. So this t- this time is crucial. We only have four years. Definitely, I, <laughs> as someone who's at the tail end of those four years, it's kind of scary. I've, yeah. I've really, really enjoyed it at the school. Uh, I really appreciate all the time you spent with me today. Again, I know you're insanely busy. I want to ask one more question. Yeah. How can students at PHS who aren't going into education 
still follow in your footsteps and give back to the school, which is to say, how can each of us support the kind of learning community that you're trying to build at PHS? I think it's important that everybody contributes in some way because the more people who contribute, the stronger our community is. And so I encourage every student to, to get involved in at least one extracurricular, you know, beyond the school day and find one thing that they can do to give back because it doesn't take a lot of time to do one thing. There are small things you can do and big things you can do. Um, by big and small, I mean time consuming. But if everybody throws in that $1, so to speak, or some people might throw in more, it, it builds a stronger community. And so I, I encourage everybody to, to think about you know, areas that they're passionate about or extracurriculars that they enjoy and reach, reach out and, and get involved because it will help them become better people for it and it will help our community be a stronger one. Amazing. Thank you so yeah. much. PHS Talks is a part of the multimedia section of The Tower, Princeton High School's student-run newspaper, it is written, produced, and edited by me, Alexander Margulis, with music by Otto Truman. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.